T.D. Clark, the phenomenal guitarist from Aurora, Illinois. And I'm calling for my show, Heck 82, which is on KTSTFM Anaheim. Uh, and uh, my podcasts are up online on iTunes and TuneIn. And I first saw TD perform his album Shred Time Stories up on stage. It was, and you were playing with Ingve Malmsteen at the time. Uh, we did a show with him. I want to say 2013, maybe 2012 yeah, at that. House of Blues that. Chicago. House of Blues Chicago. Uh, yep, we did a we did a show with him there. And uh, that actually is what led to the guitar guitar guts tour, kind of inadvertently. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we had um, I was on last year's uh, Ingrid Malmsteen's guitar guts tour with Gary Owen and Bumblefoot, and yes, um, what had happened is, is I had come across just by sheer happenstance of all things on Facebook, I had come across a um, there was an ad looking for an opening band for the Ingrid Malmsteen guitar guts tour featuring Gary Hoey. Uh, Uli really? John Roth and Bumblefoot. Yeah, it was on Facebook. Oh, wow. Oh. And so I contacted the guy who was in charge. They had a guy, I think I forget his name, Chuck maybe, but he was in charge of basically you would contact him, submit your stuff, and then it would go Then it would go ultimately to April and Ingve Malmsteen to determine who was going to be on the tour. And I think ultimately April was deciding she kind of had yes. yeah April, oh, wow. April Malmsteen. Mm-hmm. So we, I had contacted them, and initially, I you know I had no idea how I was going to fund this tour because to go on a tour mm-hmm. to take four guys plus a tech swag guy out on the road and get a van and the whole thing oh. is an expensive. So you got to take your whole band, okay? Oh, that's oh yeah, great. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't believe in this see track. Show on the tour, but I heard about it and I definitely followed it, you know, on Facebook and uh, get to like uh, social media pages more and more, <laughs> especially from hearing your story. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, Facebook is an awesome tool. I mean, yeah, you know, there's really you, you can't uh, downplay the impact of Facebook. Like, you know, unfortunately. They keep restricting it. You know, when the first when it first came out a few years ago, you would put a post, and every one of the friends on your list um, would see the post. And now they limit it to whatever you know. And I don't think that that's right. right. The whole reason oh. from when it was started by Zuckerberg himself, it was supposed to be a social networking thing. Well, if I'm doing a show and I want to promote that, I'm socially networking. I should be able to reach all five thousand fans that I have. But they're really limiting yeah. how to do it now. So it's kind of uh-huh. a, mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a pain, but. You know, so uh, they had this thing, so I contacted the guy, and, uh, you know, I submitted, someone had taken video of our show with Malmsteen at whatever, 2012, I forget what year it was, um, playing with him at House of Blues, and the band and I killed it that night. We were definitely on fire, and there yeah. was a lot of reasons for it. We had got in there to do the show, and mm-hmm. there was a bunch of issues that were going on with backstage passes and photo passes and a bunch of things. And the band was a little on edge because we had been doing some interviews all day and the loading times had changed and the sound check times had changed. And it was just kind of like, we were just like, yeah. you know, let's just go, you know? And so when we got on stage, we just, we ripped it up pretty good. And someone captured a video of us. <laughs> and in particular, 
the track Dropsy Symphony from my Shred Time Stories record. And um, so I did, uh, we we did uh, that video that someone took the video, they sent it to me. So I sent that video mm-hmm. to the Malmsteen camp for them to check out. Oh, okay. Wow. And uh, they, they uh, you know, immediately contacted me back quickly. And, you know, it, they said, you know, well, we're, you know, definitely interested in, um, I want to say that uh, the guy said that Ingve remembered the band from being in Chicago or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Like mm-hmm. when he played him the video, he said, "Hey, I kind of know this." He said that guy, or I remember that guy, or something along those lines. At least that's what was conveyed to me. And so yeah. the the negotiations began to get us on the tour. And so because of that, um, you know, they were basically, we were talking about, you know, all of the different things that go on with the touring. And the number one thing that I was going to need, I felt, was to get a sponsor yeah. to basically cover the costs of the entire tour. But now that you were elevated to the ranks of the gods, you, all you had to do was point your finger at someone and <laughs> you would have everything you needed, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. That's how it works. And so, uh, you know, they... Um, and I initially had no idea how I was going to fund this thing. I had no idea how we were going to do this whole thing. I started making calls, trying to get people involved, put up some funding. I called all my endorsers, and they, you know, ESP Guitars, you know, sent me some guitars. And right. Some strings sent me strings, and EMG sent me pickups. And oh, really? Conquest Cables, and everybody, you know, stepped up all the endorsers. So the gear was covered mm-hmm. for the band and strings and stuff, and bass strings too. And then um, a guy who... A friend of mine is an entertainment lawyer. He is actually one of my guitar students, and now he's an entertainment lawyer. He just recently resigned from working at Playboy as senior legal counsel for them for like 10 years, and now he works for Mark Burnett, who does Survivor oh, and all okay. of those, those shows. So he um, he lives in L.A., and we had done several shows at the Whiskey Go-Go, and we had played one year with Warren D. Martini. I think it was like three years ago we played with Warren D. Martini, and Louis yeah. John Rock from the Scorpions. Louis uh, Warren D. Martini mm-hmm. from Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, two years ago, we had played with Bumblefoot and Louis John Rock there, which was interesting because shortly thereafter, I played with them then. Then we went on tour with Bumblefoot oh, right. again, which was funny. So, well, I can't see every show. <laughs> Sometimes <yeah>. I try. <laughs> well, so we had, um, we had played that show with um, Louis John Roth, and uh, more Martini and a friend of my buddy was at the show, and uh, he had seen the show, and he came up to us, and this guy, he runs a multinational construction company. They do construction all around the world for massive uh, projects, mm-hmm. and this guy's a friend with my, my buddy, and so he's like, uh, he came up to me after the show, and he goes, he's like, holy smokes, and we had killed it at that whiskey show. Like, you know, the band and I, like, you know, I mean, I don't want it to be like, you know, it's not an arrogance thing. It's just that we're good at what we do. And, you know, everybody in my band, you know, puts yeah. forth, you but know, that's a great venue, effort. too. Great venue, you know, always uh, just to be there at Whiskey A Go-Go is really cool. Yeah, I've been, um, you, you know, know what, being a mid, oh, go ahead. I know, I was, I was just thinking about the history of the place and um, the all the great bands that have played there or, or got started there like the doors you know um so to you know just to be there again like it's really cool so. yep 
And, you know, a while back, years ago, I started doing NAMM shows because I endorsed a bunch of gear. And because of that, Mm -hmm. I would start subsequently booking shows at the Whiskey, figuring if we're out in L.A., well, we're not really in L.A. Well, initially when I started doing NAMM shows, they were in Anaheim, then they went to L.A. for a while. They were at the L.A. whatever convention center. They moved back to Anaheim. So I started booking shows at the Whiskey. And... Um, it was just a good venue always to play. There's all, you never know who's going to be out in the audience. One year we played with Jim Carrey's daughter. She had a band, and Jim Carrey was there with his entourage. And oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, so there's always somebody there. That's the thing I love about L.A. You know, it's like I'm from Chicago, and, you know, I don't mind playing here and stuff like that, and we do a lot of national support. I do a lot of good shows, but the reality is, is that the music business is not really here, and you're not really going to run into that many... <laughs> active music business people. I mean, you're running to some, but just very few. But in like in yeah. L.A., especially in yeah. West Hollywood, you just never know who you're going to run into. Same thing with San Francisco. There just seems to be a lot more rockers right, right. wandering about, you know. Um, so anyhow, uh, um, this guy Derek, he saw us play and he's like, you know, you guys are better than Kiss. He's like, I can't believe it. He goes, you know, how come you're not doing bigger stuff? And I'm like, well, well you know, yeah, we're show you're put- and you put on the shows that are really fun, and uh, that's one thing that that um, I felt when I, you know, first saw a TV Clark show. I was like, "This is fun!" And when the band comes out, it's just a, it's a nice performance, you know. Um, well, and it's, you know, it's and like audience the... just feels like they're they're part of. It's kind of just like let's say we're talking about communications and social media and all of this, but, but yeah, we feel part of it and we feel like, you know, you're just speaking directly to us. So. But the band, like the one thing that I think sets apart what we do as a unit um, and the guys in my band, uh, Barry Clyburn on bass, Vince Consola on drums, and Brian McKenna on guitars. Um, yeah, you know, I'm we cool do instrumental guitar, you know, so we basically, you know, it's my band, obviously, and I, you know, write the material, et cetera, for the most part. But each guy, when he plays the tunes, brings his own personality into how he's going to do it. Like, I basically tell the bass player, this is the groove, this is what I'm looking for, this is what we're doing, you know, and throw something in there. And I just tell, you know, Vince, I'll say, like, well, this is kind of what I'm looking for, but, you know, see what you can do. Mm-hmm. Somebody that brings their own kind of personality into what we're doing. But I think the number one thing that we do with instrumental guitar is that, you know, watching a lot of the shredders, as you call them, or not you, but people call them, or instrumental guitarists, I always felt that the live show is, um, you know, the most important thing, but most shredders just stand there. They just stand there and play, and there's not much crowd interaction, and I just, I don't like it. I just feel it's very sterile. And to me, I always wanted to be, and I've been saying this from the beginning of my career, from day one, when I put my first record back out in the late 90s and toured with Ted Nugent and Bad Company, the number one thing I wanted to do is be Van Halen without a singer. I wanted to be mm-hmm. super high energy, crowd interaction, great songs. Like, that's something that, mm-hmm. we, you know, I really mm-hmm. pride myself, writing good, catchy songs that the normal non-musician person wants to listen to while they work out or clean the house or drive yeah. in their car. You know, that's that's the thing. And so when you say, you know, you had a good time at the shows, it's like, you know, I'm very happy about that because... Yeah. When we play, wow. we're just a good time, man. It's high energy. I get the crowd into it. You know, we do crowd interaction. And, you know, I just want to have a good time. That's totally what this is about. I'm not, you know, if I go out there and play, if I've learned one thing about the guitar community, is they'll, uh, you know, 
they're going to hate you or they're going to love you or they're going to say you're not playing fast enough or they're going to say you're playing too fast or they're going to say there's not enough feel or they're going to say whatever. You know, the number one thing you guys just go be yourself. And uh-huh. we just go out there uh-huh. to present the songs in a fun fashion. So yeah. People are going to walk away going, hey, that's great. And, you know, and I'll say this from the Guitar Gods tour, you know, I was very proud of all of us. We got so many great reviews from that tour, and we just mm. we just blew people away. We had so many good reviews. People would be like, who in yeah. the heck is this band? You know, Gary Hoey, we were playing uh, the Paramount Theater in Long Island, and Gary Hoey is from Boston, I think, right across the water there. Mm. And all these people came out to see Hoey, and Hoey's standing backstage going, dude, look at my phone, and his phone's just blown up with texts from his friends in the audience going, who the heck was the first band? They were smoking it out there. Oh. Those guys were out of their minds. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. You know, and so, you know, that's something we pride ourselves in, being a good time band, having fun. We yeah. had, you know, the Guitar Gods tour was... Well, I have to... I, okay. I know I've, I feel like I really missed out on that on the Guitar Gods tour. Do you think you'll be able to do another one? I don't know. You know, we all got along great and everything like yeah. that. I mean, you know, I we actually didn't really converse with Ingve himself much. I talked to April pretty regular, and his son okay. Antonio was there. Yeah. Uh, Ingve was kind of like busy doing a lot of different things, so we really unfortunately didn't get to chat with him. But we saw mm-hmm. Bumblefoot, and we saw Gary Hoy like every day. And those guys and those bands, yeah. they're great, you know. Well, I I have to say, T.D. Clark as a solo artist is definitely praiseworthy. And uh, whether or not you want to worship him, that was that would be <laughs> up to you. I suppose some people do, but um, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, it, you know, a great player, and um, I have to praise the, your your albums again because I've heard when I got my copy of Shred Time Stories, I just listened to it over and over and over again, and it just doesn't wear out. I mean, this I this is one great album. No, and, I, I appreciate uh, that. You know, I yeah, mean, dude, Shred Time is so cool. Uh, well, we put very, a lot of um. We put the boys and I like when I recorded that record. The guys who played on that particular record were um, Fred Matthews on drums, Fred Bartolomeo on drums, okay. and um, Jimmy Ward, who is a California native. He played bass on that one. I hadn't uh-huh. yet put together my my current lineup has been with me probably since about six months after Shred Time came out, pretty much. Yeah, and. Um, I'm praising D.D. Clark as a solo artist, and I've I've listened to all of your albums going back from there. I see five, and I've um, <laughs> next big adventure, perspective, personalities, and then of course shred time stories, and under your tree, the Christmas album. All really nice, listening, very enjoyable uh, to listen to, and they just they never wear out, so they're really timeless. I have to say, in my, in, you know, in my opinion. And, well, I think that that goes down to when you're doing an album and you're more worried about songs than you are shredding, which is something that is for uh-huh. sure. Like, Shred Time Stories are so funny because the name of the album makes it sound like the entire record is me playing, like, you know, you know, shred all over the place and playing it like, you know, 350 well, the songs BPM. are great. You know, Songs but, well, that, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, people mm-hmm. hear the name and they say things like, well, shred time. I must be all shred. It's actually not true. There, I just was tying in with, like, bedtime, you know, bedtime stories because I was yeah. bedtime stories. So that's where shred time stories. Uh-huh. And I have a DVD out that's called 
heavy metal breakfast. So the tie-in that was after Night of Shred Time Stories, yeah. time for some heavy metal breakfast. So yeah. that was kind oh. of the tie-in there. And so, but the record's not very shred either. And, uh-huh. you know, there's there's a couple songs for sure. Like, I have to say that Drop the Symphony, there's been some pretty serious shred going on there. Dave Shankle from Manowar, uh-huh. uh, he Dave plays guitar. Yeah. He trades solos with me on that one. But I probably think the fastest I play on that record is in this song, um, the introduction. There's a middle section in there where I was totally going for like a John Sykes vibe where I mm-hmm. just do this like blistering kind of e-harmonic, e-dorian kind of just shred run. Okay, okay. And uh, it's like seriously probably one of the fastest things I've ever recorded. Um, oh, really? But outside of that, most of the songs are pretty straight. I mean, you know, like the song, the title track, Shred Time Stories, it's kind of like... Eric Johnson meets Joe Satriani meets Gary Moore meets Vinnie Moore kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, so different things like that. So, and well, even like when I did a Christmas record, there's some shred stuff on the Christmas record. Oh, definitely some shred stuff there. <laughs> you know, there's um, definitely some, there's definitely, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's just a lot of good songs. Like you said, there's a lot of, there's a bunch of acoustic songs too. Every album I put, Nylon songs. What, what five ingredients Dorian. were in there again? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> there was that Dorian I played though. Um, so, but well, yeah, I mean, but well, that's, they're very good. And, uh, I know as an instructor, that too, you you make everything intelligible to people. I mean, I think that speaking to you, you know, from the perspective of uh, someone who wanted to learn guitar and wanted to learn shredding when I first approach T.D. Clark, and he's very personable with people, and uh, watching you play, I never felt like it was, that it was impossible for me to understand what you were doing (laughs) on the guitar. It might be impossible for me to play it, but, um, you know. Well, I always like to teach it in a very, you know, to me, music, music theory and playing is more about what you like to hear. Like, here's the thing. You're going to get a variety. You ask 20 instructors, and they're all going to tell you what they think is important. And probably, to some degree, I think they're probably all right. Everybody's going to work with their strengths. The number one thing that I do when I teach is I try to teach in a situation where someone will come to me and say, well, I want to do this. So we'll break down several tunes that they want to learn, and they'll Mm -hmm. learn the key, and they'll learn the scales, and they'll learn Mm -hmm. how it all works together. So when they learn the song, they're like, oh, okay, all this works together. And then we say, all right. So now this movement you see here is very popular. It shows up in this song, this song, this song. Now immediately they start seeing song structure, harmonic arrangement, yeah. how the notes work together, you know, different mm-hmm. things. And that, that's how I like to work things. Some guys are heavy into reading. I don't really yeah. believe in that. I don't it's think a, it's, You can you break know, it down into components and you can explain what the components are and they can try, you know, they can put them together into the song. Yeah, well, you know, and I mean, I, and I don't think that, like, sight reading is all that important. Like, there's some guys who are like, you have to sight read. You know, I just did, uh, I just played on Dee Schneider's new record. And yes, they, that's you why know, I was so excited to hear what I saw. I saw it on Facebook, and I thought, oh, he, you know, he's got Dee Schneider now. It's pronounced Schneider or Schneider? <laughs> yeah. I say Schneider well, I, from Twisted Sister. And we know the band kind of... Um, had a say a little setback when they, they lost their drummer. He passed away, and uh, you know the whole world is like, oh no, what's gonna happen with Twisted Sister? Because we all love the band so much, 
Mike Portnoy stepped in. And here he is in Chicago, and it's Steve, and he's got um, you playing guitar for his new album. Is that is that correct? He's got a solo album, or? Well, he's always had solo stuff, um, but what he did this time, and it's a little different. And basically, I think Twisted Sister. I think he's calling that a quits. I think he's gonna. I think that band's retiring. Although nothing is ever permanent, as I've learned in this. Yeah, they might do another year, though. They might go into 2016. Well, so, they're in a current touring situation, mm-hmm. but from what he was saying in the studio, um, well, I shouldn't say that. From what was coming out of the conversations in the studio, it sounded like. Twisted Sister might hang up the cleats for a while after they get done with this because they have a bunch of dates. Yeah. But then Dean was doing, Dean has a solo band already, which was kind of strange when I got the call to go down there. Um, Damon Ranger, who is the Grammy, Emmy, uh, he's won Grammys, he's won Emmys for doing okay. television work, and Emmys for this working in music, and then he just won an Oscar. He just won an Oscar yeah. with, uh, oh, wow. Wow. for Life of Pi. And so uh-huh. he uh, he called me up, and I had done a, a session for him for a movie song not too long before. And during that session, he had asked me, hey, I'm doing the D. D. Schneider record. Mm-hmm. And the new D. Schneider record, we did four tracks that I played on, I believe. I'm trying to think of whatever. And it's definitely different than what four you would tracks. gather wow. from Twisted uh, Sister and, you know, anything else. It's It's mm-hmm. definitely different. It's much more... Modern rock sound, like okay. I don't I don't know exactly how much I'm supposed to divulge because the oh. record's coming out, but it's kind of like we're getting firsthand information. And yeah, I, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how to describe what it is because it's still mm-hmm. D. Schneider and it's still rock, and it's still you know it still has a very rock, almost punk root, just kind of like Twisted okay. Sister kind of had that feel. But then wow, there's wow. a lot of production that kind of lends itself to much more modern stuff like Foo Fighters or One Republic or stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a mix of what he what he does great and some new things that he also does well, you know. And so, yeah. when I, you know, when I got the call for that session, I was this is all coming back from this whole thing about sight reading. I got the call for the session. They send me the MP3s. No one sends you charts anymore. Not that I've ever done. I've done music for ESPN. I've done music so the for television. M- film. Okay. No one, you know, rarely does anybody send you charts. I did do a Tommy Bolin tribute record some years ago, and they sent me yeah. the head of this tune because it was a jazz type song. I had to play uh-huh. like a Gibson box guitar. I forget what it was, yeah. 175 or something. And so that gave me charts and stuff, but there was no, like, actual reading of the head. They played the song, exactly. you figured the head out, and you played it, and that was it. And so getting to the Schneider thing, you know, when they brought me down there, they sent me the MP3s of the stuff. I worked it out ahead of time, and then I got down there and, you know, uh-huh. tracked everything. You know, that was pretty much how it worked. Oh, but, cool. Yeah, I've heard these days, they're, you know, musicians are are even sending uh, each other MP3s, like, over their cell phones, and they're kind of laughing, like, <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they can actually put songs together that way. And uh, anyway, that's so cool. So he he kind of briefed you and told you what he wanted, send you MP3. Well, D D, D didn't. Mm-hmm. D he wasn't involved in that. Okay. The producer Damon Ranger sent me the tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, the producer is the guy who handles all that stuff. The artist is ah, very rarely producer, involved yeah. with 
getting involved with sending you stuff. You know, the producer was Damon. He put the thing together. He was the one who was working with the with the signs, and Damon wrote <clears throat> all the new songs. Excuse me. <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, Dee never called me about that stuff. You know, when I went to mm-hmm. the studio, I met Dee, hung around with him when we were tracking. Yeah. Had some great conversations. He met my kids because my kids came with to one day in the studio, so I met the kids. And then Danielle from Pickers showed up with uh, the dudes <laughs> who run Riot Fest, and then Man Cal oh. Muller showed up. So oh. it was like, it was total crazy. Hmm. So, yeah, Sounds so like that was, fun. you know, yeah, yeah, there was one. Take? Um, well, we we recorded on a Thursday, Friday night. I played a show with them in Wrigleyville, right by Wrigley Field, where mm. the Cubs play. Um, we did a show, but it was just like we just did. We're not going to take it. It was like a a rap party. So there's a big party at the at the, the HVAC. There's a big party, and then yeah. uh, as a culmination of the party we did, we're not going to take it. So it was Damon on mm. bass, Chuck White on drums, myself on guitar. Okay. And, you know, we just racked it out and, you know, people went totally crazy. And it was definitely mm. cool being on stage playing We're Not Gonna Take It with the guy who actually wrote and sang the song. Like, that was... I've done a lot yeah. of great shows and worked with some great artists. I, you know, I played guitar with Chris Medina from American Idol, who's also had gold records around the world. I played yeah. Joe Taylor. I've done a variety of different things. I know, and and, I played with so many great uh, players. I've got I got them in mind, like um, Michael Shanker. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, when I play guys. with Shanker, though, we're doing like we're doing supports, you know. So like when I yeah. play with like Chris Medina, I'm actually playing guitar in his band. And when I was exactly, playing with him, it was like exactly. in his band, you know, it's supported just uh, to differentiate. You've supported Malmsteen. You supported uh, the guitar god Bumblefoot, Gary Holy. Oh, yeah, Lynch Mob, Red, Great White, King's X, Steve Vai. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, and all the things, but, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, um, just to differentiate or differentiate playing, you know, with someone like Chris Medina, I'm actually in or, his band playing guitar for him. And that's, that's the difference between so solo band supports. So, so you became, you became friends with Chris Medina, who had, he said he won the American Idol? No, he never won. Um, he oh. got cut at about the 20 mark, but he had oh, an interesting gosh. story. Um but yeah, what it takes to get there, you know, and uh, for him to... Well, didn't... no, it wasn't. his story wasn't about him getting there. His story was <laughs> his girlfriend got in a car accident, oh. and she got really, she became um, oh, no. brain damaged from the car oh, accident. Oh, dear. Okay. So That's when bad. he went there to audition, she came with, and okay. he got the audition that he won, and then he got to the finals, and they had to cut him. Well, when they cut him... Mm. Um, like Jennifer Lopez had a breakdown. Like there's a whole session, there was a whole segment on television where when they cut him, Jennifer Lopez like started bawling me to carry her out of there. She freaked out. And a lot of that <laughs> stuff is staged, but Chris was telling us it was real. Like she literally lost it. They had to cut the taping because she just, she didn't want to cut him <laughs> because she thought it was awesome. But unfortunately, yeah. they just felt, you know, he, okay. for whatever reason. But then he went and got a record deal oh. in Europe and had a number one song called What Are Words? Oh, wow. That uh, was huge in Norway and Sweden. And it sounds very spinal tapped, but if you check out what our words on YouTube, it's got 34 million views. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. check that out. I know I've heard but of yeah, Chris he... Medina, and uh, uh, yeah, I still hope uh, to catch a show with you on guitar uh, playing with Chris Medina. So that would be great. 
to yeah, hear. Yeah, he me for a gig, uh, like, last week. He wanted me to play a gig with him coming up, but the problem is, is I'm already okay. booked. I've had to okay. turn down two gigs already on that day because I'm already booked playing somewhere already. Yeah, you're, I was kind of you're like out, in high you know? demand now, as far as I understand. So, <laughs> more yeah, power I mean, it's to been, you. Well, it's been good, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't complain. You know, I've got great kids, mm-hmm. which I love, although they're driving me crazy this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but normally, <laughs> it's, it's all good. And, you know, I've had a good career. I run an after-school lesson company called Guitar Fundamentals, and we contract okay. and do the lessons. And I write all the books for kids. Okay. We contract K through five, and we're in twelve school districts and sixty park districts in four states, okay. and we're expanding. Oh, wow. And you can check out my Mars Jams Guitar <laughs> Method books. So I think you're yeah, a pretty I'd... smart businessman, from what I've heard. Hmm. Um, well, I probably so should be. I probably should be smarter, but you know, I'm well. trying to be better every day. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to make you know enough money to pay for college and everything else, so you know it's a oh, good time. Oh my Bob. goodness! Oh wow! Okay, well it is great to hear from you, and I certainly hope that uh, you and your bands and band members are thinking of heading our way too, which is um, near Los Angeles, and we're in Anaheim, and um, really looking forward to hearing uh, a show. Um, T.D. Clark and whoever you're playing with or supporting so um, come on out our way Southern California we're here (laughs) well you know what look me up on Facebook you know T.D. Clark for all your listeners out there and then you can check out tdclark.com which is my personal website and Uh you you can follow us on there but definitely Facebook is a really good way to follow me like it's like I'm not very web savvy so doing my my website is a little more difficult. Like I like to just mm-hmm. type, right? You know, and on my website, you have to go back door and then you have to enter certain areas. Exactly. It's kind of old school, and yep, I'm not all that too. good at that. I'm building so. websites as well. So, so but yeah, if you go to becoming uh, more and more complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah great. So if you, you know, great if you go to check that out, so uh, the website is great, tdclark.com, and um. Again, so um, if you're interested in lessons, you do lessons over Skype, so you could actually Skype people all oh, across the yeah. world. I've had people, world. I have people <laughs> in England, it. people in uh-huh. India. I've had people all around okay. the world take lessons, you know. So wow, you, cool. It helps to speak English, so if you want to do that, you know, you got to speak English, it helps out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, contact me with do Skype lessons. So. Okay, great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before I hang up? <laughs> No, just uh, check out my all my records are downloadable on uh, iTunes. Look up TD Clark on iTunes. Oh yeah, and uh, iTunes. check out my Christmas record. You know, um, Under the Tree is my latest record, mm-hmm. and we're working on the new album right now. And then I'm looking to do a vocal record uh, for the first time. I'm doing mm-hmm. a full on vocal record, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different things happening. You know, there's talk of tours with different artists. I have to go this summer and play with uh, Joe Taylor. He's another artist mm-hmm. I play with. We just did a show at Hard Rock Chicago, and now we're playing a 7,000-seat venue for a giant festival at the Pennywise Theater oh, out really? in Long Island. Okay. So oh, wow. I'm going out to do that. And then I've got a string of shows with my solo band. I play in a couple different tribute bands. And, okay. uh, you know, I'm always looking for more students, too. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Really well, cool. Again, so I thank you so much for having me on, and uh, you know, just uh, I'll keep you, I'll keep you abreast of what's happening. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Um, we'll talk to you again soon.
Okay, you have a great day. Bye-bye.